0: This episode of the Disney Film Project podcast is brought to you by TouringPlans.com. It is the one-stop shop on the internet for figuring out how you are going to plan your Disney vacation, Disneyland or Disney World, it doesn't matter. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, you want to figure out how to get there and not wait in line, This is how you do it. Touringplans.com. At Disneyland, you're trying to figure out how to get out there and how to navigate all the cool new stuff like Cars Land and Buena Vista Street and all that great stuff without having to wait in line. Touringplans.com. You can optimize your touring plans, check the crowd calendar, do all kinds of great stuff. Make sure you check that out over at Touringplans.com. They're the sponsor of this week's episode of the Disney Film Project Podcast. (laughs) Welcome again, everybody, to the Disney Film Project podcast. This is the show where we talk about the films of the Walt Disney Company. They could be Marvel, Pixar, Lucasfilm, Touchstone, Disney Toon Studios. We talk about it all on this program and over at DisneyFilmProject.com. I'm Ryan Kilpatrick, host of the program, and along with the folks you're about to meet, we run DisneyFilmProject.com, where you can find the show notes for this very podcast. You can find Blu-ray and DVD reviews. You can find reviews of the shorts dating all the way back to the 1920s, so make sure you go and check out all the great stuff there at DisneyFilmProject.com. Joining me, as always, we have our fine film experts. First of all, we have Mr. Todd Perlmutter, who I'd have to say would take more than a hundred-foot journey to come see me if I came down to, to Orlando.
1: Yes, I certainly would.
0: And does, many times,
1: actually. Yeah. Yeah, well, especially if, you know, we're going to, like, Epcot or something.
0: That's, like, that's like almost 200 feet.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs>
0: uh normally we would also have miss rachel Kolb. she couldn't be with us tonight but you might want to go check out her stuff over at justpressplay.net and you can probably see what she thinks of of not only this film but many many other things but of course we also have our fine producer miss cheryl perlmutter who you can find on twitter at cherylp 3 or at about.me slash p3 how are you cheryl
2: Good. So, so based upon our comments, I'm thinking that it'd be kind of cool if they filled like a mini documentary about the Epcot countries not getting along with each other and starting battles. This may oh, be an idea.
1: A war
0: in Epcot? I like it.
2: <laughs>
0: I think I. I think it's. I think it's a plan.
1: I, very, very soon, the UK could be at a disadvantage because apparently they're going to lose Scotland. So.
0: Oh, good point, yeah. There's there's all kinds of uh, restaurants, too. I mean, if we're talking about culinary battles, I mean, like, I I think the sleeper in that would be Morocco, because they have two restaurants.
1: They also might be the easiest to fortify, because they have all those weird tunnels in the back towards the restaurant.
0: Very good point. Very, very good point. Yep, I agree. All right, uh, speaking of food battles, that's what we're talking about this evening. We are discussing the film 100-Foot Journey, released by Touchstone Pictures. Uh, In case you guys didn't know, we've talked about this on the show before, but DreamWorks Pictures, when they uh, parted ways with Paramount and Universal, they are now being distributed by Disney. So Disney is distributing all of the wonderful and exciting films coming out of DreamWorks Pictures. So we have 100-Foot Journey starring Helen Mirren, directed by Lass Hallstrom, and I'm sure I messed up that name, uh, the director of <laughs> Chocolat, among many others.
1: Yeah. My My Life as a Dog was the one that he won the Academy Award for.
0: Yeah, Cider House Rules, he also yeah. directed. Those
1: are, those are the three big ones that yeah. most people would know him by.
2: Uh, also with it, a Also with a four... Little four um, thing by um, Steven Spielberg and Oprah Winfrey.
0: Yeah, yes. executive producers.
1: Yeah, well, I don't know if um, – did, you didn't see it as a preview, did you, Ryan? I did not, no. Yeah, so when we saw it as a preview, before the preview, there was a thing with Steven Spielberg and Oprah Winfrey and Juliet Blake talking to us to introduce the movie.
0: You specifically? Like they said Todd Perlmutter, we would <laughs> no, like you to like enjoy this film?
1: Us, no, the, the audience. When I Oh,
0: okay. Was, yeah. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, okay.
1: yeah. Yeah, no, no. Oprah and I we talk, but not in the theater. But it wasn't like that. it
0: wasn't about the movie. Yeah, it was more of a private conversation. I yeah, see what you're saying. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I you know, she just ask me advice, what gifts to give out, that kind of thing.
0: I completely understand. I I completely understand. Yeah, so this is a uh, a Touchstone release. It's it was produced by DreamWorks and it came out on August the eighth of twenty fourteen. Has done fairly well so far. I mean, a low budget. It's a low budget film. This is very much along the lines of not, uh, not storyline wise, but of we talked about with Million Dollar Arm. Uh, I, I was I flashed back to that a lot when watching this. In that um, there's a lot of Indian actors in this. Um, there's an Indian entertainment company who co financed this. It's it's sort of the if you watched Million Dollar Arm and saw them. Hey, we want to reach out to Indian India in the movie. Um it's sort of similar to what they did.
1: Also AR Rahman did the soundtrack for both. Yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, he now uh we talked a little bit about AR Rahman, but uh it's very funny he was doing the soundtrack for them at the same time because he was in LA for where million dollar arm was doing their production out there. But he was skyping with um, Halström there. I, think, I, I that's as close as so I'm going to come with that name. <laughs>
2: uh,
1: he was skyping with him to for what he wanted for the for this uh, compositions, and then he did all the composing actually after the film was done f- uh, with its uh, filming.
0: Yeah, makes sense. Makes perfect yeah. sense. But it's it's what we've talked about sometime a little bit here uh, on on the program about the fact that. It, uh, studios are looking overseas now for a lot. Like seventy percent of grosses are coming from overseas, as opposed to in the past that was gonna. It was more like you know, uh, the other way around 70, 30 domestic. So studios are looking to find ways to increase their market share overseas. The fact that this film is set in France, featured heavily features an Indian family, I don't think is any coincidence to that. Um, but the fact that they could then make it a, to my mind, good film, uh, I think is is a great bonus. And, and I personally enjoyed it quite a bit. I thought it turned out very, very nicely. And, uh, it, you know, thought the whole story was was quite charming.
1: Yeah, I, I that's how I felt too. It's not a complex movie, and not at all. and its simplicity yeah. is a win for the movie because it lets you just enjoy what you're watching and not have to think it through or anything like that. It's just very straightforward and you know, not in your face or crazy. It's except a few things.
2: Our our preview included um a few culinary students um from the Quarter in blue
1: yeah and did.
2: um i i really thought that was a good tie in i really um i really thought that that like cuz they introduced them and said you know these guys are doing a, you know really good job learning and here you can go eat at restaurants and stuff i would i would like to see that tie in with with other cities maybe you know like, had had information at the end of the you know at the end of the beginning of the movie yeah. yeah, I know they. I know they. They like don't get paid for it, but I mean, it would be nice. Did
1: Did you catch, Ryan? That there's like no foreign numbers released for this movie yet.
2: Yeah, I did notice that. I was wondering about
0: that because I wonder if it's just if they're waiting to release it in India or what the story is there. But yeah, they have not released any information.
1: Yeah, and I'm and I thought it was. I thought it was released overseas because I remember there was a premiere for it in London. Yeah, you're right. So I'm not sure why there are no reported numbers, but you know Disney is doing it in a number of places, except for the Middle Eastern countries, where it's the Indian company that owns it is, is doing a lot of the distribution. So, but so the 41 million dollars that it says that it owned is only domestic U.S. So, it's, right. it's got potential to make a ton more money.
0: Yeah, and on a budget of 25 million, I mean, like, yeah, this I I could easily, I mean, this thing's easily going to make 100 million dollars you know with foreign with foreign markets now whether or not what it could be is disney may not get a piece of that foreign money right that could be since it's financed by i think seven different people yeah i
1: i think my biggest complaint about the movie you know without you know before you start discussing it is that to me it did not feel like a summer movie it felt like a fall movie
0: yeah, I would agree with that. I, I, I mean, we've talked about Disney's problem with release dates at length on this show.
2: <laughs> but I'm not sure if Disney had the real had the issue of putting the release date in, because um, again, we're talking it's co, 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 and who knows who picked what release date there. Yeah. You know, no, yeah, it, it's fair
1: because the distribution thing did happen like middle to late last year with DreamWorks. You know, is when they finalized some of the movies, some of the final movies that were going in. And uh, this one was not completed until summer of last year, so it's entirely possible.
0: Yeah, that's true. But knowing the fact that it had a poor release date, I am inclined to think that that was Disney's problem.
1: <laughs> Fair.
0: Because <laughs> typically it is.
1: I, this is – to me, this is not a kid's movie.
0: I would I would agree. It's not a kids movie. I do think it is safe for kids.
1: Yes, I agree, safe for kids. But I think you know, if your kid is at all a bouncer in a chair, you don't want to bring your kid to this movie. But if
2: your kid's an, an inspirational cook and likes to maybe watch Chopped or something and watches Food Network and and watch it, you know, because yeah. I have to say that because I've been watching Food Network a lot, there's a resurgence of getting kids interested in cooking um and so maybe if your kids are interested in cooking this is a really great outlet for them for to send the message so i so i can see it from that aspect
0: yeah no i would agree i think like you know i was watching it last night with a friend and i thought you know, my son, who's 11, or who's 12, rather, he would probably enjoy it. My daughter, who is more along the lines of what Todd called a bouncer, probably not so much. Yeah.
2: But your daughter will also probably get scared by some of the scenes, although, again, they're not, they're not, they, they, nothing is inappropriate. Yeah. But there are there are some scary stuff that you don't want to have to explain to your children.
1: Yeah, there are, there are a couple of hate crimes in the movie, is what you yeah. referring to. Uh, and, and they would only be called hate crimes in the U.S. I don't really think the rest of the world refers to them that way yet. Right. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Um, let me ask you this. When you went and saw the movie, what was the crowd like in the theater?
0: Uh, it was me and my buddy.
1: That's it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, well, it, it was a Wednesday night, though, or a yeah. Tuesday night, so it wasn't a big deal.
2: But it had already been out for a while at this point, too, I believe.
0: Correct. Yeah. It was a couple, okay. we'd been a couple weeks into things, so.
1: The reason I asked this is when we went to saw it, I felt that the crowd was probably 80% of it was above 50 when we saw it looking around the theater. Like a lot of the younger reviewers who we usually see at a lot of the other uh, films, like your Guardians of the Galaxy, for example, did yeah. not show up at this film. Yeah, so. no,
0: and that was actually exactly what I was going to say is this felt like a good counter-programming to Guardians of the Galaxy, which I know that it's the same studio that's, re- that's releasing both but it is i mean like if you're if guardians of the galaxy is not your cup of tea first of all have your head examined second of all uh if you're not into comic book adventure action movies like this is probably right up your alley
1: yeah but all all good a sides have a b side you know and yeah. that's, and that's this isn't a terrible movie by saying it's a b side but what i mean is like a lot of you know, hidden gems can be found on the B side of an album, and I think this is probably that.
2: The other yeah. thing is, I can see this also being when this it, when this hits DVD. I'd like to see the release rates because I think the I think the like you said, the fifty the 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 fifty people are gonna go get you know get this and rent this or however they get their get their movies nowadays probably on. Probably on the cable box, I would guess most 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 people in that age group, you know, in the elderly, I would say the older age group would get on the cable box, though. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like Todd, I think your mom would. I think your mom would like this movie, but again, I don't think your mom's gonna go pay the money to go see it. But I think she would see it if we like. Had had bought it and brought it over to her house.
1: Maybe, but you know, on the other hand, the uh, Blu-ray sales are very high in the you know retired demographic, so yeah. it's entirely possible that you know it's a it's a good Walmart buy, for example.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree. I think I think it's one that will will have quite a life after uh, after release on on you know for for home video. Yeah. So. Um, if you've seen the trailer for this, and if you've seen any of the Disney films in theaters that we have seen over the last several months, you probably have seen the trailer. Um, it features Helen Mirren very prominently, and so as does the poster. But I think the first thing that you need to know that that I knew going in, uh, but I, but my my friend did not, and it wasn't it, it wasn't a letdown for him. It was just a surprise, which was Helen Mirren is not the main character in the in the movie.
1: Yeah, she is a supporting actress in the movie.
0: Correct, yeah. They're using her to sort of sell the film, but the main character is um, the the guy who plays Hassan, um, who is, uh, I'm going to say, Manish Dayal.
1: I like that. Yeah. I like that I didn't have to say that. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I apologize to those to, to the folks listening who are of Indian heritage or uh you know or, or Swedish heritage uh that we've butchered names uh, and you know we I don't know the names specifically, so
1: I, I do want to point out though that he's a Star Wars reference.
0: He is, really?
1: Yeah, he so he's done a number of voices in the old republic MMO.
0: Oh wow, cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So he is the main character. He's playing, as I said, Hassan, who is the it's his journey that we're following. Like the title of the film, The Hundred Foot Journey, is really his journey as much as it is anybody else's. And so that's that's the the real story that we're following, although it's not necessarily clear. Again, from the trailers, you you get the idea that it's this contest between the two restaurants. And that's a big part of the movie, but it's not the entire film which I, I enjoyed that that because I went in expecting it to be just sort of a fun bit back and forth between those two, and I enjoyed the fact that there was there was more to it.
1: It was only actually about 25 minutes of the movie. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, it's like, it's like, it's like what, like half the movie with the setup for it? Like they have to set up the fact that there's going to be competing restaurants and then the battle itself?
1: Oh, well, that's true. Well, it does take them a while to get the restaurant going, the second one. The... Uh... Maison, uh, what is it? Mumbai. M-
0: Maison Mumbai, yes.
2: Yeah, but first we have to go through the introductory scenes.
1: Right. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah, we, yeah, we, can. we can We can. just go right and start going into the movie and introduce the characters as they come up.
0: Yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, yeah Hassan is introduced right away because he's telling the story in, to a customs officer, basically, as they're entering Europe which my friend leaned over when they later said that they had been in London, and he said, isn't London in Europe? <laughs> he, he, he was correct in that. I, I didn't have an answer for that.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, I kind of liked how they open it. I I've read the first couple chapters because they were like freebies from the book, and what I like about the book is it's told from the point of view of the, of the Hassan as a middle-aged man looking back on his life. Oh interesting as, as, is how he narr- is how the book is narrated so it's I like that it opened with the narration as a result of that so
0: yeah, I can see that working well because I mean it works fairly well here in that he's telling the customs officer basically what's going on and you know uh, the fact that he and his family are moving into um, the mainland of Europe because they want to. Uh, run a restaurant and then he goes kind of gives a and,
1: flashback to tell and not them, live under an airport.
0: Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Gives them a flashback to show where they had been, which is I, they had grown up in Mumbai, India um, and had a family restaurant run by his father and his mother. His mother had taught him to cook and we get a flashback of he and his mother uh, making a dish with sea urchins because very much earlier, we got a flashback of him running through the streets chasing the guy who had the sea urchins and it was only because he picked up the sea urchin and was able to taste the inside of it and sort of show that he knew what he was doing that they got the sea urchins right Uh, and so then they show they sort of flash forward to show her making a soup of the sea urchins and she's very prophetic when she says that cooking is is basically like making death that something has to die to cook I'm paraphrasing but that's the basic idea yeah, uh, because mere moments later, there. Were, I like the way that they didn't touch on the fact of who it was in the election or what was going on. But he basically just says like there was an election and people were upset about it, and like a mob comes and storms the restaurant and burns it down. His mother gets trapped inside and and passes. But I like the fact that it was, I, the randomness of it. You know what I mean? Like they didn't. It, it wasn't a. Directed at his his family or anything like
1: that. It's oh yeah, just, right. You know. Well, also they don't really get too complicated with it. You know, going back to what we were saying earlier, is all they say it was it was riots due to some sort of election or some other <laughs> election. You know, yeah. they, they they very much brush aside the reason and just the fact that their their um, restaurant was torched by the rioters and destroyed, and the mom died. You know, that's that's the gist of it. And the family is the family is wounded, right? They're dealt a blow by this. That's, Correct. That's a big part of the movie. You know, it is Indian families. You know, even ones that do migrate to the U.S. If you've ever been over their house, like I work for an Indian gentleman, and I was over his house recently, and um, you when you go to their home, there a lot of times the whole family lives in the home.
0: Oh, for sure. Our and, next door neighbors are from India, and they're yeah, the whole the whole family comes through and. Uh, they're 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 like the most wonderful neighbors I've ever had. I have to say, but um, but yeah, it's it's definitely the whole family lives there, and um, I have to say we went to their house on Fourth of July, and the food was
1: amazing. Jealous? Uh,
0: yeah, it was very very good. <laughs> um, but anyway, now I'm hungry.
1: Yeah. Would now, you- as we said earlier, uh, with this being Halstrom's movie, if you've seen Chocolat, this has that same uh, love of food. I won't use the. The catchphrase for modern uh, love of food pictures and stuff like that but those of you who uh post a lot on twitter your food yes you know uh, aficionados. Uh, what
2: aficionados
1: aficionados yeah yeah
2: yes there's safe a lot of word?
1: <laughs> that's a safe word
0: there's a lot of pictures
1: of food yes and cooking food and making food slowly yeah. and time-consumingly <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> this has been a summer for that. After um, I, I don't know if you guys saw the the John Favreau movie Chef, not safe for kids. Unlike this one, um, but that one, it was the same thing. Like he cooks so many different cuisines in that one, and it's a very similar. Shot the food scenes are shot very similar to to the way this is. It yeah. reminded me a lot of that. Yeah, a lot of close-ups
1: of cool the food, not the people cooking it, as what exactly.
0: And, yep. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, this is, uh, it's it's crazy. This, this film of, you know, even sitting there with my popcorn, I was like, I now need to go to France and I need to eat. Um, it made me very hungry. Yeah. But yes, so the family then, after they left Mumbai, uh, moved to London where Hassan tried to cook under a tarp in London where it rains <laughs> all the time and they were, it seems like about 10 feet from Heathrow.
1: <laughs> if not living in the middle of the runway, I was unclear.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. So it did not, did not necessarily do well. So uh, they, that, you know, like the, the tarp collapses and the water, you know, pours into everything and.
1: Puts yeah. out his, his barbecue. Cause he is, he's grilling, which looked amazing. Yeah. Well, he's grilling like everything like that. Like when he grills, literally, there is everything on the grill. <laughs>
0: oh yeah, vegetables, chicken, beef, everything. Yeah. Gosh, I'm gonna have to stop the podcast and go eat dinner again. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so yes, they they are. That's why they've decided to leave. They leave. They they end up um, headed for Europe, uh, the mainland area, and so they are driving. Um, and I had to look this up, but they are driving between Switzerland and France. Yeah, and, you know, arguing about what they're going to do and talking about, you know, where they're going to settle. And basically, they don't really have a plan except they're going to open a restaurant.
1: Yeah. Now, mind you, the Switzerland to France thing is, was kind of confusing to me because they had been in London beforehand and they wouldn't be coming that way.
0: Yeah, I didn't get that either. But I got the sense, and I th- I, I think it was the right idea to leave this out, but I got the sense that there was probably some stuff talking about the fact that they had been driving around Europe for a few days before this. And there's, they sort of allude to it, but very briefly. Yeah. Uh, but what happens is as they're driving, they end up uh, – the brakes fail. And so they – you know, they're, if you've ever been between Switzerland and France uh, – I have once, but – Uh, I've only been
2: between Morocco and France and the United Kingdom and France. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Good one, Charles. (laughs) Well played. Well
0: played. But the roads there are very narrow and there are no um, guardrails. And so when your brakes are failing and you're on the side of a mountain, this is a big problem. Uh, but they do have these sort of pullovers on the side of the road where if your brakes are failing, you kind of cross the road, head up the mountain, and that stops the car. And that's what happens with the family. And so they are broken down there near, the, near a French village, and up comes Marguerite, a, a local who speaks a little bit of English, so she and Hassan and his brother communicate enough that she takes them in, takes them into town uh, helps them find a uh, a place to get the the van fixed. She helps them tow the van while they all push, which was very comical
1: <laughs> and and the important thing is on the way to get the van pushed is when the father who is just papa in yes. the entire movie that 's all he 's known by um sees the place that will eventually become Maissan, Mumbai.
0: That's right. He rolls okay. by this this uh, it's basically they're they're sort of above the village, and the village is down below, but they are set yeah. above the village, and there's this very nice house on the left and an abandoned house on the right, and it's the abandoned house that he's he's looking at. And yeah. it, it actually's a, a restaurant.
1: Uh, Right. A a former restaurant. Now, what's interesting is that um, in the book, it takes place in Lumiere, France, which just means the countryside. Right. That's not like a specific.
0: I I don't I don't honestly know it could be. Right.
1: But I know that in the movie, it's actually St. Antonin because that's the mayor is the mayor of St. Antonin. They or however you pronounce that. That's how they introduce him. Right. So the mayor is actually a great side character, by the way.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's the other thing that's really nice about this is there's not it's not like you said it's not complicated. There's not a ton of characters, and they know which characters to spotlight. They, you know, it's like there's Papa, there's Madame Mallory, who we'll meet later. Uh, there's Hassan and there's Marguerite, and everybody else is a secondary character. And they don't you don't have to tell their story. Right. They don't have to have all this stuff going on. It's those four people are the important people in the film. Right,
1: and and what I like too is that with the two with having Helen Mirren. Marin and Om um, Puri. It's really nice because they are two actors who are, you know, world-renowned, have long laundry lists of things that they've starred in or been in, right along the way. Mm-hmm. And then you have two relatively new actors coming in as the main characters. And it was, I think, it was a well-designed play, you know, of uh, having all the characters like that.
0: Yeah, oh, I I completely agree. I mean, like this thing would be um I I thought exactly the same thing actually. Like somebody could turn this into a a musical without too much difficulty or a play um because it it is only those those main four characters for the most part.
1: Yeah. One of the other things I liked about the characters is that to me the characters started out feeling very large and over the top, but I think that was intentional because it it was very much one of those movies where they portray them being two-dimensional, and then suddenly you realize that they're, like, completely three-dimensional. Like, right. you, you know, like, they just look at them from one angle, and all of a sudden they, you kind of give it a shake, and the rest of the blanket shows up. Yeah. I think it's, well again, a well-constructed movie.
0: Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think it's it's one of those that... You know, like we've talked about on the show before of like you can pretty much predict what's gonna happen throughout the whole film, like especially if you've seen the trailer like it, it it's not that it gives anything away. it's just it's fairly obvious the way things are gonna go and what kind of movie this is. This is a feel good movie. this is not you're not gonna find Greek tragedy in this. Um, I think if they had taken any sort of a tragic or dark turn throughout the film, it wouldn't have felt true to what this film was trying to be. Mm-hmm. so so you know it's going to be a happy ending pretty much from from the word go you know how things are going to go but it's the journey and the characters that keep you interested and and i i they dragged me along the whole way i i was enjoying it
2: the only thing from i'm gonna say that i think it needed at points they they show us the brother and the sister and i would like to see maybe a glimpse and I'm not saying a big thing. Like, maybe the sister going on a date at one of the restaurants, me, um, or the brother going into town and doing the shopping, um, to see their... Not, again, Not. I don't want a whole plot line on them. I get that. Especially since the sister, since, you know, we get to the point where we dress her up, she's out in front, you know, in garb and everything. I would like to see that. But, again, I understand that, you know... From plot point, there was already so much going on. I get that.
1: Yeah, I mean, there was a point where the brother and the sister both started to get built up, and then they just kind of got abandoned somewhere in the movie. That that it, that did happen to those characters.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think I think you're right in that, Cheryl. Like, it would have been nice to have a little bit more of them. But, I mean, to be fair, it is a two hour movie. I,
2: I'm not, again, this is why I'm not, I'm not, yeah. lame, I'm not lament, I'm not, again, I'm not, hit, you know, scathing them for anything. I understand. Yeah. That no, things I, have, I, I understand. That things have to be cut in life. I get that. Yeah. And if that's what they cut to make the movie better, good for them. I mean, that <laughs> they were able to make such a decision. But, you know, it's what, yeah. and, and I understand that.
0: Yeah, for sure. But yeah, the brother t- actually takes on more of a role, um, you know, kind of earlier in the film. Like he's standing up to Papa telling him he's crazy because, they, you know, he goes back to the abandoned building. They find out, I should say, back up and say they find out that Marguerite is a sous chef at the restaurant that they passed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, she helps them find a place to stay and Papa wants to haggle over the price, which is always a thing that comes up with him. Uh, and once he goes back the next day to check out the abandoned building, um, we find out that he actually still speaks to his, his wife who perished in the fire and that he asks her you know, questions from time to time. And she said that it was – perhaps it was destiny that their brakes failed where, where they did because he sees the building and he thinks you know this is a place that we should, we should be and um, decides to buy it. The, the older brother argue, argues with him for quite some time. Um, and is not interested in in doing it uh, later on. But while they are in the building, they meet Madame Mallory, who is the Helen Mirren character. She runs the restaurant across the street, uh, and she sort of comes off a bit of a, a a pain, right? Because she she says that she intimates that they would not be able to afford the building
2: because he had asked for the discount.
0: Right, because he had haggled at the at the guest house the night before. Um, word travels fast in small French villages, apparently.
1: <laughs> but uh you know, but he makes a good point to her back to her is that, you know, just because I like a bargain doesn't mean I'm I'm poor. So
0: it probably means quite the opposite. Yeah. But yeah, so this is that's sort of the setup for you know what again, like if you saw the trailers or if you read anything about the movie, what they would like for you to think is sort of the uh, the main thrust of the film, which is this fact that these two restaurants, 100 feet apart, are in fact dueling against each other. What's really going on, though, is Hassan, um, upon meeting Marguerite and seeing the 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 produce and the things that are available in the village,
2: also in the woods too. They at yep. one point that, that initially they gone into the woods together.
0: Yeah. And uh, basically everywhere, right? They're, they're looking at all the different things and Hassan is seeing all the ingredients that he could use to cook because he's the main cook for, um, for Papa's restaurant. Right. He's, and we,
1: we should talk a little bit more about him, about him because like, in the movie they kind of portray his ability to cook as like, almost like a superpower, right? He's
0: sort of the cooking Avenger.
1: Yeah, the cooking Avenger. I like that.
2: He's like, I... he's like Remy,
1: Yes, although I would I would say yes and no. I mean, he, he is and he isn't because there's some things about Remy that are much different. You know, he's not as – to me, he's not as headstrong as Remy is.
0: That's true. He definitely um, mixes things up. I think the one thing that I – was a little turned off by was the like so basically he's trying to throughout the film he's learning french cooking and he's mixing french and indian like indian spices with french cooking the Fusion. one thing yeah the that was the one thing that turned me off though a little bit was like he's basically just adding indian like they don't really get into what makes his food so unique other than like he added a few indian spices you know what i'm saying like that was the one th- one complaint I had is like, oh, he made this traditional dish and he added cardamom and therefore it was the best thing that had ever happened. Yes. I feel like it would take a little more
1: than that. <laughs> like the uh, the omelet scene, <laughs> where he keeps adding. What- I I didn't ever understand what they were adding into the into the omelette during that scene, but they just keep adding it? And she's like, oh, isn't that enough? And he's like, no, <laughs> keep <Yeah>. going.
0: <laughs> well, at least in that scene, like they added more than just his spices because the Papa gives him this box full of spices that had been his, his mother's right. And they're Indian spices. So at least in that scene, like he adds onions, he adds, you know, some other other things he adds uh what looked like cilantro to me i wasn't sure what it was but you know like he adds herbs he adds onions and he also adds some spices but mm-hmm. like when later much later on and i know we're jumping on but like when he's working at a different restaurant like basically the only things he's given credit for is he put you know cardamom on this he put you know this ghost spice on this and it's like well that's not really changing anything right that was my only complaint but i mean i think it it works
1: yeah i one of the things that we should say is while there's a lot of close-ups of the food being cooked and prepared especially by hassan there's not a lot of explanation as to what is actually going on on those scenes yes
0: (laughs) and that's absolutely right yeah so so jumping back to where we were this begins the whole war between the two of them it, because you know as they are fixing up the restaurant across the street, um, Madame Mallory is serving her upscale French cuisine at the at her restaurant, uh, which is uh,
1: Les Le uh, Soleil pure, pure. I don't know and, how to pronounce it,
0: <laughs> and that's the only time we're going to say that in the thing. It does not matter. You don't. You don't yeah. have to know the restaurant to enjoy the he, film. The,
1: the important point that comes up later on is that she is a one-star Michelin restaurant okay and she has for 30 years been since her husband passed trying to get a second Michelin star which is a very important point in the movie now I we could just quickly go over Michelin stars yeah right? right okay head. I really simply put Michelin the Michelin stars are uh written about in the food guide known as the Michelin Guide, okay, which is a travel and lifestyle guidebook, kind of like Fodor's or whatever else, which is... Right, a Zagat,
0: right? Zagat,
1: which is Google now, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> um, much yes.
1: Now, now, for people in the United States, when we say Michelin Guide, yes, we mean the Michelin Man and the Michelin Tire Company and the place where you take your breaks to get done. That's what we mean. Same company, okay? Okay. Um, Basically, uh, in 1924 was when the Michelin star system came out, and it was either star or no star. And then about 15 years later, they came up with the three-star system, which basically means very good, excellent, and exceptional. Okay? And that's, that's all it means. It's, it's a very simple thing. There's no – a lot of people try and write big, complex paragraphs about what the stars mean, but that's what the stars mean, very good, excellent, and exceptional, or no star, meaning not good enough. So –
0: Right, and and it should be we should clarify that no star doesn't mean that the restaurant's bad. It just means like they only give stars to the best of the best.
1: Correct.
2: If you want more on Michelin stars and stuff, I recommend like Top Shots. Yeah, I'll I'll also
1: put all the links that Michelin has explaining it on their site and everything like that because they actually you know they have explained the whole history of it and everything there.
2: So.
0: but yeah that's you're right that 's the important point is that madame mallory 's restaurant has one Michelin star, and since her husband 's death she 's been trying to get a second um, and that is revealed early on here, but it doesn 't come back into play until after this war between the two uh, between the two restaurants, the Maison Mumbai and her restaurant, um, which mainly begins because she gets irritated with the lack of class. Uh, as she puts it or the as well as the loud music that they play while they are trying to fix up the maison mumbai um so she comes over and sort of insults them to their face in that in the way that only the french can
1: <laughs> yes the th- the whole thing with the boombox and turning down the music was uh
0: yeah, this is very, very French way of of doing things, and sort of an insult without saying an insult. You know, she and uh, the most important piece though is she asks them what what are they serving, and Hassan gives her the menu. And yes. so when they go into the market the next day, the day they're going to open to get fresh produce, uh, as well as fresh fish, uh, they can't because she has bought it all.
1: Yes, and thus but, begins the war.
0: Yes. Uh, So Hassan and Papa drive 30 miles to get fish, Um, they they cook everything, Uh, they manage to get everything ready, and then no one comes to the restaurant. Until Papa puts on his traditional Indian garb, and then puts his daughter out there in traditional Indian garb, basically hijacks a guy's dog to get him to come in. Um Puts his daughter out there so that somebody's head turns and he runs into a car and then they drag him inside. Uh, <laughs> and apparently, this is a successful way to get people to a restaurant. Who knew?
1: Yeah, because his restaurant does become locally popular. So
0: yeah. So yeah, they go back and forth. There's multiple things that go on in this little cold war. We get we get like a almost like a montage, Todd.
1: Yeah, we do kind of get a little uh, war montage.
0: Yep. Uh, he, he pulls the produce buying thing on her. Um, you know, she, she does – they go back and forth with the mayor complaining about different things. Like she complains about – she says that their chickens are not vaccinated, um, you know, all that sort of stuff, you know, back and forth. It's, uh, you know, it's all good. It's, it, it's, it's just the little things that go back and forth that you couldn't necessarily make a whole movie out of but are fun in this context. But it's it's all... I like the fact that they didn't try to make a whole movie out of just this. Because this isn't a story. This is just a, a way to get to something that happens at the very end of the war where, you know, they're drawing a huge crowd at the Maison Mumbai and then on Bastille Day, technically speaking, uh, French restaurants are not open on Bastille Day, right? It's like you know, a big ho- the big holiday there like our July Fourth, and unless so, you're
2: in Disney World,
0: uh, also true. Uh, Madame Mallory's is having it, it, what seems like a private gathering, I guess, but she has her chefs there.
1: Yeah, I it was hard to tell, but kind of agree.
0: Yeah, but the Maison Mumbai is open, and yet the and the French are still going, so they apparently don't observe this tradition. Uh, but so the chef at Madame Mallory's restaurant gets upset because basically, you know, they're open and they're playing their music and sort of the way he sees it sort of trampling on Bastille day. And so he goes and with a couple of others and firebombs the restaurant and spray paints the wall. Well, she basically-
2: had suggested let's, let's, let's go. I know these guys are idiots. I'm going to first say that. The guys are idiots. But she had suggested some type of penalty on the Indian place for being open on Bastille Day.
1: But I now, don't, think, now she, she, now I don't agree. think she meant burn it down.
2: <laughs> I, I definitely am I'm agreeing with that. Okay. I'm saying that I, I that's why preferences with the guys are idiots. I don't think she meant burn it down either. But it, but I think that they were stupid enough to think that made, that meant burn it down under some language, who knows what language is? the language of idiots. Because <laughs> burning places down that is not OK.
1: <laughs> I agree. But it's, the juxtaposition is that this family has already been through having their restaurant burnt down. That's, that's the salient point. Right. Is, but she is, doesn't know that. Right, but she learns it later on, but the point is is that it's it's a doubly hard blow to them be, not so much because they couldn't rebuild from the fire but because they're forced to relive a bad a bad moment in their lives. Exactly. And well, Hazan gets injured.
0: Yes, th- that's exactly right. Yeah, he he gets hurt um, trying to put out the fire. So his hands basically get burned. And so to, to back up a little bit, all throughout the war and all this stuff that's been going on, he has been trying to learn French cooking uh, because he's interested in just basically just expanding his horizons. And, of course, the French are world-renowned for their cooking. And so Marguerite had loaned him or at least he thinks it's a loan. Eventually we find out it was a gift. These books on French cooking, and he's been practicing this stuff in the restaurant at night. And in fact, that's how he discovered the the guys were were there uh, in the restaurant getting ready to firebomb it. And so one of the things that Marguerite has told him, he has, earlier on, he has fixed her the five sauces that you must learn in French cooking, and she told him once he did that, that Madame Mallory... Can take one bite of a chef's cooking and he
1: can then well specifically an omelette
0: yes well she says any bite but she says in order to try out for her she will make you fix an omelette because when papa had bought all the pigeons even though the uh, what is it the prime minister or somebody is coming um because he likes pigeon truffles um hassan since Papa had brought all the pigeons, fixed the pigeon truffles and took them over to her so that she could still serve them, she took a bite of it, and she would, she didn't let on at the time, but she realized that he had the gift. And it's so, and so I say all that to get to – after she finds out about the firebombing, she fires her chef um, and feels horrible about everything and starts cleaning up the graffiti. They had written – what I think it says is like leave France to the French. I believe that's what it says it's in french so i can't tell you for sure
1: i couldn't tell you either yeah
0: but i think that's what it says um she she dismisses her chef starts cleaning up the graffiti and hassan walks out with his burnt hands and says madam i would like to fix you an omelet um but if you you will have to help me with it and so then we get the cooking of the omelet he fixes the omelet and she tells him you know you have it you have the gift Uh, you know, you you have the potential to be a a great chef. And so this, of course, sparks the war even further.
2: (laughs) Before we go too much farther, do you want to talk about how this scene reminds you also of um, of another scene in um, Ratatouille?
1: Oh, yeah, that's a good point. I kind of felt that this was like the moment where Anton Ego has his salient moment with the actual Ratatouille in Ratatouille? Yeah,
0: you're right.
1: Right? I mean, she kind of stiffens her back. You know, you're looking at her from behind the whole thing, right? It's it's well played in that respect. I think there must have been some kind of, you know, nod to that in the moment.
0: Yeah, no, that's a good point. Very good point. Yeah, she she very easily realizes that that he has it um and and basically says that she would like for him to come and cook for her. She will teach him how to be a a French cook, and that you know in a year he will be you know he will be a chef and so Papa is upset about this he's you know he feels like there he would be a Hassan would be abandoning the family um and and I like the Madame Mallory comes and sits in the open air in his restaurant and basically just says she is waiting uh for Hassan, and so she does she waits all night long until Papa finally goes down and says and starts haggling with her over the price
1: his 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 wage,
0: yes. <laughs> which is funny because it's not for him and it's not going to the family but he just kind of has to do it.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's it's the turning point for their relationship. Yes. So absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it is. And that they, you know, at this point they start going away from being enemies uh and they're not yet friends but they go away from being enemies and turn into at least acquaintances that can get along with each other, uh, you know, and eventually um, develop into more. But yes, so then Hassan travels – this is the – Hundred foot journey of the travel is that <laughs> of the title rather is he travels the hundred feet packs his bags and goes to live in the restaurant with Madame Mallory.
2: I love that the younger sister made it seem like this was that he was going to be gone forever, and yes. that
1: he wasn't going to be just across the street. That was the best part about it. <laughs> right? Yeah.
0: It's it's so crazy because they're like, oh, he's leaving the family, and he's like literally across the street. And it's not a big street.
1: No, no, no it's no. not.
0: Uh, so this is, the, but this is also a turning point for his relationship with Marguerite because throughout the film, he's been cooking for her and he's been, you know, flirting, they've been flirting with each other. And when he tells her, he goes to her, uh, tries to throw a rock with his giant bandaged hands. And that doesn't work out very well for him. Uh, but he manages to finally get her attention, although actually he gets the attention of a very angry Frenchman first. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: and then goes up to tell Marguerite, and she sort of puts two and two together and gets five, if you know what I'm saying. Like She's like, oh, you've been planning this all along, and you're coming to usurp me, and it, you know all this kind of stuff. She, being, again, being a French woman, she doesn't come out and say those sorts of things. She just sort of hints at them.
1: Yes, she, and that's a good point. She is portrayed as a, as a young French woman often is in a drama. Yeah. So not, that, not to say that that's how French women are, but they are often portrayed the same way in a drama. So.
0: Exactly, yeah. And so she – once he enters the kitchen, he's sort of her enemy. And so she'll, she does little things like steal a knife from right in front of him, um, you know, things like that, that, you know, little tiny things that let you know she's annoyed with him. But he still manages to thrive. And so it's almost it's, it's kind of strange because what it, the next bit of the film takes place over the course of a year. But it passes very, very quickly. Right, because it's Hassan learning things in the kitchen. Um, he gets to make the pigeon truffles for the prime minister when when he comes the next year. Um, you know, he's he's learning sauces. Uh, Madame Mallory is telling him things. Uh, he finally is able to get Papa to cross the street and eat at the restaurant. <laughs> it takes a long time, but he does. Yeah.
1: I like this there's a scene where he gives his brother and sister, his younger brother and sister, not his older brother and sister, some some of the food that he's cooking and they're like make faces and they spit it out and stuff.
0: Yeah, it's the, it's the same stuff he gives papa. He gives him the beef bourguignon. Yeah. And so they he, he then takes the leftovers to his little brother and sister and they yeah, they spit it out. Which is pretty funny. And so they start, you know, Papa is is happy, he's you know, he starts he, he he's thrilled that his son is actually learning and there's that moment that um was in the trailer of like you know where he asks her if he's doing well or if he's if he is as good as he thinks he is and she says he's even better so but the whole idea is that she wanted Hassan in her restaurant because she thought he could help her get her second Michelin star uh and so there's a, like at the culmination of this there's this great moment where Papa is in the restaurant and Madame Mallory is in the restaurant. And it turns out that she's just sitting there waiting for the phone call to determine whether she is or is not going to get the second star. (laughs) And she has a bottle of champagne chilled just in case she
1: does that she's had since her husband died.
0: Yes. Uh, A bottle of very expensive champagne, Cristal and Papa upset at, the fact that she's just sitting here torturing herself, she's he's like, "You deserve to taste this." Opens the champagne before the phone call, and I know there was only two of us in the theater when I was watching this, but we both gasped.
1: <laughs> he also brutes. He also brutes it open. He doesn't do it gently either. So and no, no, and,
0: and, and you're
1: not supposed to shake that type of champagne when you're opening it. So <laughs>
0: I, yes. It's, uh, yeah, it was, it was one of those moments where you go like, oh, no, don't do that, don't, don't, but it works out perfectly because the phone call comes, and in fact, they did get the second star. So they managed, Hassan had managed to give her the second star, everybody's celebrating, they have a big, uh, you know, a very exciting, you know, gathering and all this sort of thing. But Madame Mallory tells Hassan, like, look, what's going to happen now is everybody's going to come calling because they think you can get them another star. And, of course, that's actually true. Uh, What starts happening is restaurants from Paris start offering him the chance to come and be a chef in Paris. And so this was my other criticism of the film is, like, this last part of the movie – is a little. It's a little bit of a darker turn, and it drags just a little bit because you know where it's all going going to end up.
1: Well, I it, there is a heaven and hell dichotomy that goes on because, like you said, with the darker, I mean literally, like France is like portrayed as dark evil hell, and you have oh, yeah. home and you have this it flashing back and forth between Hassan descending, and um, Pappy and Mallory becoming buddies in the light heaven area so
0: yeah he does he, and even like he even starts dressing darker when he's in Paris right like he's wearing dark suits his chef's outfit is is black all this kind of stuff um, I never did catch the name of the restaurant that he's in uh, it I, looks very pretentious I, though
1: I don't know if they name it it's a real restaurant in France uh, called George's I guess it's at the top of the pump du center I'm honestly I got that from IMDB I do you know, even know what that restaurant is. So it's a real restaurant that they filmed in.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. Well, that would make sense. I mean, it would make sense, but yeah, it's still, still interesting that, that, that they did. But so while, it, it's interesting because while he is there, you know, like you said, the heaven and hell dichotomy thing going on, out in the countryside, Papa and Madame Mallory are striking up a bit of a romance. You know, and so they're, you know, sharing moments, they're watching fireworks together there, you know, she's bringing over sweets to the family, you know, they, they are, you know, starting to really appreciate each other and get along better. Um, even makes a comment, you know, that it's almost like having a girlfriend at a certain <laughs> point, um, where, and then she waltzes into her restaurant and opens the door and, and invites him in to, to have a dance with her, you know that sort of a thing. It's very, very sweet. I like. I I think that part of it was was probably my favorite bit of uh, of this last part of the film is the the two of them falling in love. Yes. Because what I didn't like was the falling out between Hassan and Marguerite. Because it's like they build, 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 build this romance, and then they just sort of cut it off with about twenty minutes to go in the movie.
1: But it resolves really easily.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right, like it, it's cut off very quickly, and then it's over, and then we're good. Uh, because what happens is, he becomes this very, very famous chef um, again for adding cardamom to the frozen beets or something like that. I'm not. I, I don't remember all the dishes <laughs> he was fixing. He
1: he did something where he froze beets in that liquid nitrogen, near as I could tell.
0: Yes. I don't know how that makes food tasty, but apparently if you freeze a vegetable and put cardamom on it, then it's good. That's what I yes. learned.
1: Yes. I'm breaking out the liquid nitrogen, Cheryl. okay? No. <laughs>
0: I'm with Cheryl on this. I would like for you to keep your hands. So, yeah, he becomes very, very famous like all the magazines he's featured in. Um, like people are taking pictures with him on the street. Uh, you know, like he he is – he is the top chef in France. Uh but he's not happy. Like you can see it. Like he's not smiling. Um he's actually rude to somebody, which he never was like one of the people in the restaurant. Um But oh, yes, yeah,
2: one of those s- one of two chefs messes up and messes up. Yeah. Uh but it's
0: when he sees a sea urchin that he actually sort of flashes back. What's which is why it's important um the sea urchin in the beginning. And so he hops on the train Heads on back home uh, and goes straight for Marguerite. Uh, she tells him he's crazy because he's supposed to be finding about about whether or not his restaurant got a third Michelin star that day. So it seems like like from the time that he that the firebombing happened was two years until the end of the movie, and probably what forty minutes.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think from the point of view that we. As the viewer have, I don't know that you necessarily need to know every waking moment of those two years.
0: Oh, I I I agree. I was just it's we go very slowly through the first part of the film, and then it's sort of a a longer process at the end. But it the what I was going to say is I think the flow of it actually works quite nicely. Yeah. You know because like you said, we don't need to know like. We don't need to see Hassan tortured at night, brooding over the fact that he's lost Marguerite. Like, you know, we don't need six months of that. You get
1: the point. Yeah, no Marguerite shrine is necessary or anything <laughs> <like that. laughs>
0: Exactly. Uh, so he gets home and says he has a business venture to propose to her. Uh, and so that night, uh, he and Marguerite go in and start cooking in, the re- in Madame Mallory's restaurant. And Madame Mallory invites everyone into the restaurant from the Maison Mumbai as well as the mayor uh, and announces that Hassan and Marguerite are taking over the kitchen and that Hassan has decided he is going to help Madame Mallory get her third star. And everybody cooks and eats and now I'm very hungry.
1: <laughs> yeah, that dinner they have looked amazing. All I the any- food looked good. I didn't even eat most of what they were serving, and it looked amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it wraps up in, the, in what, exactly what you'd expect. Like, the boy gets the girl. Everybody ends up happy. Everyone's in the place they're supposed to be without compromising any of their morals. It's, it's exactly what you would think going into the film – I don't think that's a spoiler to say. I mean, I mean we didn't say spoiler warning, but like if you guys haven't seen it and you're listening to this, I think you would enjoy it despite knowing everything that happens.
2: I think the journey is the best part of the movie.
0: Yeah, I agree.
2: Um and so I again just like you're saying is like Million Dollar Arm. I think the journey is the best part and you even if you're here, hearing us talk about it, go see it for the journey. You'll love it.
1: Yeah. Also, like, there are probably a number of people who might not have seen the movie but have are familiar with the book because Oprah talked this thing up and down the New York Times bestseller list, so. Yeah. You exactly. know, which is, which is why she took it to Spielberg to make a movie out of and all that stuff.
0: Yep, absolutely. It's, I think, I think it's one of those films that's just, like, if you want to feel good about things – uh, and you want to take a trip to France because I know, like, I got out of the movie and I wanted to go to France and not the one at Epcot. Um, <laughs> this is this is a, it's a, it's a great movie. It's just a feel good movie, you know. I think, um, you know, like I said, if you're if you're at home and you're looking for something to to go out and do, I think, despite the fact that you've listened to the show and you know what happens in the film, you'll be fine. You'll enjoy it. It's the performances, the jokes, the the little touches that make it so charming.
2: Also, there are many little scenes we have not touched on. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, many, we, We've, we've gone over, I mean, we've, we've, we've touched the main point. There are little parts that, that really make this and make the relationships much more.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh,
2: so yeah i think we all liked it i'm
0: interested though that like uh we were talking right before we jumped on the on the call here todd like it seems like critics are not enjoying it as much as we do
1: yeah i really couldn't find a a very positive review about the movie i mean a lot there's very positive reviews about the soundtrack but you know he is very popular at the moment so he, well, he has had been for a while anyway. He made, he's done all these Academy Award winning things to begin with, you know, Grammy Awards, the whole nine yards. But uh, the movie, I don't know. I couldn't find anyone who really gave it more than two, two and a half stars, you know, as an overall rating. And I kind of feel like, did I see a different movie?
0: Yeah. I mean, like on Rotten Tomatoes, I think it's in the low 60s this is the last I saw. I haven't looked it up today, but um, it was in the low 60s last I saw. And, you know, like you say, even the ones that are positive are not like overwhelmingly positive. Um, right. But they're, it, it's interesting. I, I agree with you. I think, I think people were expecting a... More of a Oscar-worthy type film, and that's not what this is, nor does it try to be.
2: But on the other hand, it although six, uh, Rotten Tomatoes is sixty-five tomatoes, they say eighty-five percent um audience rating, which is that, really good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that may be it. I mean, it just may be critics are being critics, and the audiences will pay to see something that they like and enjoy. And That's yeah. where I kind of feel this film sits. And I mean, we we are critics, but at the same time, we're we view movies more like the movie-going audience. So yeah, from my I would point ag- of view.
0: I, no, I would agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Like, we're we we will definitely call out where there are you know like mechanical failures, for lack of a better term, in a film, like where they could have constructed things better or, th- or things like that. Well, we don't necessarily hold it against a film if the whole film holds up better, and I think that's the case here. I think this is a film where the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. Yeah. All right, so, uh, so let's rate 100-foot journey then. Um, Cheryl, I'm going to let you uh, take the first stab here.
2: Um, I'm going to go with a four. I really love this movie. I think it's really good. I, I'm definitely, you know, if if I can get the instant movie or on Blu-ray or a seat again, definitely.
0: All right. Very good. Very good. Todd, what about you?
1: Um, I'm not going quite as high, but I'm going to go with a three and a half. I just feel that this was, like I said earlier, this is a movie that is very simple and well constructed there's not a lot of anything complex in it there are some strong themes you know so be prepared of it for it and like i said earlier i don't think it's a movie that you're necessarily going to want to bring your young children to but you know if you have a more mature teenager you can probably bring them
0: yeah uh, i i would agree i'm i'm right there with you at three and a half i think um i probably could have gone a four with a few tweaks here and there but uh, this is one that you, – you know what? Honestly, this is the kind of movie I feel like Disney should be making, um, and Disney's more focused on building intellectual property and doing things like Maleficent or live-action versions of The Jungle Book and things like that these days. But this is what – this kind of movie is what Disney made back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, even to a large degree in the 90s of – it's just a movie that makes you feel good it's one that's enjoyable like you're saying the majority of the family in this case you know small tweaks here and there the whole family could watch this um I I wish they would make more smaller movies like this uh, and and put those on the schedule but I guess you know this is even though it's being distributed by them I guess that fills that void but uh yeah it's, it's just like we've been saying it's a charming sweet you know feel good sort of film yep all right. Uh, so if you haven't seen 100 Foot Journey*, I, I think we all recommend go check it out. And uh, yeah, if you agree with us, go let us know. Or if you disagree with us once you've seen it, um, let us know. You can tweet us at Disney Film Project. You can find us on Facebook at Disney Film Project. You can also, of course, um, email us Disney Project at gmail.com or leave a note in the show notes of this episode. There's a comments section there. You can just comment and say, "Hey, I, I really enjoyed this. Thank you, guys." Or Why did you recommend that movie? It just made me hungry. (laughs) You can do any of those things. Uh, And, of course, if you're listening to the show, I assume you're listening on – you can listen on Stitcher. Uh, You can always listen on Diz Dad's radio as well. You can find us there. And, of course, on iTunes. If you are on iTunes or or your podcast aggregator, if you wouldn't mind going over to iTunes – leave us a review or a rating. We really appreciate it. That helps people find the show when they're looking for shows about movies or, or Disney or any of those sorts of things. Uh, we really appreciate it if you guys could leave us a note there. And, of course, we don't want to forget our sponsor, touringplans.com. The brand-new unofficial guide to Walt Disney World is out. Um, if you guys haven't seen this, I, I was just listening to – co-author Len Testa to talk about this just the other day it is out in the Kindle store so if you go buy it on Amazon Kindle they will update the information every month automatically or should I say automagically
1: I like Uh, automagically
0: I agree uh and that's kind of the most awesome thing I've heard about a guidebook that updates for you on your Kindle that's pretty sweet uh, it keeps keeps the information fresh for you, tells you how to save time waiting in line, tells you what the latest wait times, you know, like the, the best. They will alternate the touring plans based on new wait times, um, really great stuff. So uh, if you guys are planning a trip to Walt Disney World, I highly, highly, highly recommend. I always buy one if I'm doing a big, long trip to Walt Disney World. Uh, I will be getting the Kindle version now, but uh, go check out the unofficial guide to Walt Disney World uh, from our sponsor touringplans.com so that will do it for this week's episode looking at 100 foot journey for Todd and Cheryl as well as Rachel who, uh, who couldn't be here tonight uh, I'm Ryan and we will see you again next week asking for a discount doesn't mean I'm poor it means I'm thrifty
2: one Michelin star is good two is amazing three is only for the gods
1: if your food is anything like your music then I suggest you tone it down